Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> But why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world? driven people are you i know you are and we're gonna get driven tonight totally driven with two incredible artists um actually we're still on our our technical live vacation so that tonight's show is pre-taped uh, i hope everybody's enjoying their uh holiday break i know uh i am getting to spend time with the family and all it's a uh, good time good time hope uh santa claus treated everybody well this past weekend and I hope everybody has an amazing New Year's weekend coming up. Be safe. Don't drink and drive, people. Don't go crazy. You know, live to see another day. We don't want to see any of our fans going down like all these celebrities here in 2016 because it's really getting uh, too depressing. It really is. So, but we're not going to be depressed tonight. We're going to rock. We're going to roll. We're going to just let it all out with, we got two, like I said, two amazing artists. Um, the first interview we got coming up, uh, his name's Chris Green. He's a guitar player from uh, from England. He's an amazing guitar player. And um, he actually also right now is playing with the band Taiketo. But uh, he recently just put out his first instrumental uh, solo EP, actually, and um, which was heavily inspired by um, his father, the passing of his father. So we talk a lot about uh, the music um, the inspiration, his father. Talk a little bit Taiketo. We talk about some of his other projects he's got going on. But uh, he's just an amazing person, amazing uh, musician, and uh, he's just got some incredible um, songs. Bottom line, some amazing guitar playing. So uh, I'm going to play uh, actually the, the, the title track of his. Um, EP, which is called Unveil, so I'm going to play that along with the interview, and then when I'm going to come back, we'll take a, a commercial break after the first interview, we'll come back, and then we're going to play an interview with James Ryder from the band Ryder from uh, up in New York. Um, James, great guy. They're actually 
getting ready uh, in two nights. They're already out there now on the West Coast. They're doing a little West Coast mini tour. And New Year's Eve, they're playing the Whiskey A Go-Go. How amazing is that? Wouldn't you like to be playing the Whiskey A Go-Go on New Year's Eve? You know that's going to be a party. And Ryder's going to be right in the middle of all of it. And uh, they have a new EP, which is also coming out New Year's Day. So we're going to play a song off of that as well. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's do the first interview. Here he is, Mr. Chris Green. Chris. Hey, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm a little Barry White at the moment, a little bit of uh, just uh, gunk from flying around doing some dates. That's all right. Nobody ever complained to Barry White about his voice, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you got a new EP out Instrumental Just came out beginning of the month It's called Unveil um, Yeah Now was this your first instrumental uh, Release that you ever did? Yeah, yeah, absolutely It's It's been a very uh, Whole new experience for me Wow Yeah, I, I, I was just, like going through your bio and all And um Instantly, the first thing that stood out to me was like the first line of the bio where it said, where you had said, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have forgotten what it is to be moved by a piece of music that uses no lyrics. And I think that just says so much in that uh, statement right there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, w- w- when you think about it, from really like the creation of, of music and how it's evolved over, you know, centuries, you know, Singing along and putting lyrics to music was 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 a relatively late thing when you consider the amount of time that music has been around. Um, right. So I, I I like the fact that you know there are people out there like my, like myself that can take it back to just the notes, you know, where you don't need any words to describe what's going on. You know, a lot of the time, and you know, and I'm in I'm in bands. You know, I tour with Taiketo and I play in a band with CJ called Rubicon Cross. You know, it's easy to put across your emotions when you're actually telling people what's going on. But right. then as soon as you just play a piece of music, it's um, it's a lot more difficult to invoke emotion that way. You know, you have to really put your thinking cap on to to create those ups and downs and swells in music. And yeah, I'm, maybe two or three of the tracks were very influenced by more classical music you know I, I wrote a lot of the string parts for these things and that's really where you get a chance to create a lot more layers you know and create that emotive you know aspect to the music right now it, i mean it, it's got to be like a whole just a whole different um like you're saying like a whole different approach and everything to it because uh, you're, you're like not looking to add lyrics or anything to it. You, you essentially, uh, the guitar is the the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, do, you, do you know what was what's different about it is I, I remember doing a um, a session for a band called Face Healer um, okay. quite a while ago, and they were they were very lo- they were like AOR melodic rock style songs but and they were really long you know some of these outros were like you know eight choruses and and the guys in the band were like yeah just do an outro solo and sometimes I'd find myself doing like three minute outro solos 
you know, wow. I thought, man, this is this is like as long as a Joe Satriani song, and I'm literally just <laughs> sitting here wailing away. Um, and it kind of that's probably the first time it got me thinking, mm, yeah, maybe it's possible for me to do a an instrumental album. When I came round to doing it, I realised that it was it was going to be a lot lot different to that. It wasn't going to be a case of just writing a couple of riffs like I would usually write for one of the bands I was in and then just sure. wail over it for like three or four minutes. Um, because, that you know, there's, there's only going to be a certain amount of people that would want to listen to that. I'm a guitar player, and to be honest, I wouldn't want to just listen to someone jamming over something for four minutes, just, you know, kind of improvising. Um, yeah. So I had to have... I had to think about it really from a vocalist point of view about melody, you know, that was really going to capture. Right. And, and then build around that, almost as if you were still going around it the same way as writing the vocal. Um, and again, that's why I say classical music was like a big influence in that because for the most part, there's always like a lead melody that's really, you know, really capturing the attention. Um, right. So I try to I try to be very cognitive that as far as playing that I didn't overplay um, in in a lot of the sections that demanded more simple melody. You know, and I, and now, I kind of <coughs> I'm sorry, carry on. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, like when when you're you're doing that. As you're going along and, and writing it, is there, as you end up playing it more and more, is there lyrics actually in your head that you might be singing along in your head to it? Um, no, it's it's really it's really a hundred percent kind of musical experience, so to speak, when I'm writing that kind of stuff. It's the, the reason I think for that is because when I write this kind of music. I, I I often hear it completely orchestrated in my head before I even go to sit down and play it. A lot of these pieces will be sleepless nights where I'm just lying with my eyes wide open thinking of these melodies that won't leave my head, thinking, oh man, I don't want to get out of bed because I'm all cosy, but if I don't write this down and I fall asleep, it's just going to get lost in the void of wherever in my brain the graveyard of lost tunes is and <laughs> and there are many in there I'm pretty sure you know because I've been that's going to be amazing the next thing you wake up you're like well all I remember is that I thought that was amazing so who knows um, but yeah it, uh, you know a lot of the time I'll get up and I've already heard not just the lead but what I want rhythmically underneath and, and for those that listen to this solo album you know, if you really get into the headphones and listen to this, you'll hear just like how many layers there are going on. Uh, right. I spent a, I spent a lot of time crafting the rhythm guitars underneath it. You know, and a lot of the time they're equally as demanding technically as the lead guitar is. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, and then you've got the strings and the drums, like Garrett Whitlock, the guy who played drums for me. Man, I mean, he really had his work cut out for him, you know, because he, he came in really just sessioning. And, um, you know, he's playing for a band called Tremonti. 
And okay. uh, I'd heard great things about him, and he came in. He was like, man, I wasn't expecting this. I think he was just expecting maybe like a Satriani surfing with the alien kind of drum beat where it was going to be like, all right, one, two, three, four, let's go. And it was more like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, five, six, seven, you know, <laughs> and like all these weird time signatures and stuff. So it was a fun, demanding experience, that whole recording process. Had you been um, writing instrumentals for a long time, or is it just something you finally, like, decided, all right, now that now it's time? I'd... Um, I'd, I'd, I may have put in the bio that, you know, my, my father was like a real big influence um, to me, not necessarily as a guitar player, but just as a, he was more like a real um, musical guru. He'd been in sure. the industry for so many decades that his advice was just so, um, it just got me through so many things. I would have, I would have signed a couple of horrendous deals had it not been for his guidance. And I remember us sitting down having a, a, a chat about um, I don't know what band it was I was in at the time but I was you know moaning about the democratic process and how difficult it is within bands you know because it's like trying to get four or five people to agree on stuff and you know sure. it ends up being like a ends up being like more like a corporate you know conference meeting than it does a, an artistic you know <laughs> chin wag. And so I must right. have been going on at him just saying, this is ridiculous, you know, even if we're agreeing on artwork, it goes back and forth 50 times before we agree on what colour's going to be in the background, let alone what the rest of the artwork's going to be. And he just kind of rolled his eyes and said, yeah, have you ever considered just doing a, like an album just by yourself, like under your own name? I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I think that's way too egotistical and blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, just think about it. You can do exactly what you want. You can just play what you want, work with who you want. You're in charge, and then right. you know I won't have, I won't have to listen to you bitching and moaning about how difficult <laughs> it is being in these And to be honest, even at that point, I left it. And when he passed away in 2011, you know I, I was going through a lot of emotions and um, sure, yes, but especially you know that life can be very short make the most of it and you know that kind of stuff and I just thought you know I should go ahead and do this and I, I, pretty soon after that actually maybe within two weeks I started writing melodies uh, for Unveil and in fact I was playing a show I flew straight back from England from the funeral and went to Raleigh North Carolina to play a show and I just started um I was up on stage and they were like, do a little solo or something. And I just started improvising some stuff. And the main part of the melody turned out to be um, the undefeated intro. Okay. Um, the one that's right at the beginning of the CD. And and that's really what kind of sparked it all off. I just, uh, I dove into a completely different frame of mind to do this. And it, it was really enjoyable, actually, the creation process of it was probably the most enjoyable part of the entire thing. So, um, and the only reason I didn't do a full album, really, is that I just I just kind of, uh, when I ended up going into the studio, I, I kind of ran ran out of funds and, and time because I, sure. I, I really thought I want to make this as great as it can possibly be. So I didn't do this as like a home studio project. I went into the... Uh, studio in Stone Mountain where I've recorded with Furin and Rubicon Cross 
you know, and this is a full studio, you know, Shinedown, you know, did their second album, you know, it, it was, okay. it was full on. So those out there that are going to listen to it, you know, it's, it's not like a, a drum machine and, you know, all of this, <laughs> you know, bedroom recording stuff. This is a full studio album and um, production wise, it's up there with, with anything you listen to on the radio. Wow. Now with, um, like going back to the songwriting process and also too with uh, how influential your father was on all this. Um, like take for instance the song Undefeated, which was um, a song that it said in your bio was like very heavily influenced by your father. And you, the thought of your father was really on your mind a lot during the writing of that. And then I'm thinking to like, um, you know, they say a lot, uh, it's kind of therapeutic, like writing um, yeah. you know, write, just writing things down, even like songs or poems. You, it's like therapeutic mm-hmm. to get stuff out and off your chest. Did you have like that same, um, that same feeling inside, like you were getting it out, not not in lyrics, but you're getting it out in your guitar? Yeah, 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 Ab- absolutely. And and a lot of different things happened around that time. Like the, um, the morning. I think the morning after he passed. I used to, I, I used to, because I, I I was with his his girlfriend and him. There was the three of us in his house, and he chose, he wanted to pass away in his house. So we we just helped. We were just there. It was just the three of us, you know, right until sure. the end. Um, and it was a very uh, enlightening experience. The the most difficult, but the most enlightening experience I've ever really been through. You know, when you have that role reversal of you know caring for a parent you know, um, to the end, you know, it's just like sure. take care of you when you're born and then right at the end, it, it all swaps around. Yeah. And so I would go running, I'd, you know, just to kind of clear my head, I'd go running every day in the countryside there. Um, and I actually, did, I, I wasn't just writing instrumental stuff, I was also writing full songs. One of the tracks on the Rubicon Cross album that I did, that's with the singer of Firehouse, CJ Snare. Okay. And, um, one of the tracks on there called Save Me Within was a full song that I wrote in my head in in one running session. Um, and, you know, lyrics and melodies and everything. And, you know, that's the worst when you're out running because, you know, you haven't got a pen, a paper, you know, you haven't got a phone to sing right. stuff into. So you're frantically repeating stuff over and over and over and over in your head just to make sure that you remember it. Um and it was the same, really, with that whole undefeated thing. I just, uh, what started off with just like a simple melody going on in my head really just built and built. And um, I'm probably most proud of that track than any of them because it, it, when I listen to it, it sounds like I put a lot of emotion into the track for me. Right. You know, it's, um, and it, well, the, the most difficult part about that track as well was when I recorded the demo, there was there was probably even more emotion in the demo of it because it was recorded in that raw state of when I was still really kind of hurting from the whole process. Sure. And that's probably that's that's a difficult thing I think for a lot of musicians. Producers call this thing demoitis, where you get so attached to the demo that you almost make it an impossible task that the that that the proper recording is going to is going to qualify as a better thing. 
Right. Um, and so it was tough. For a while, I really wanted to use the original guitars on the demo because I just felt that there was something better about it. And I, I caved in the end, you know, and listened to the producer and the engineer and just said, okay, look, I trust you guys. But even now, there's, there's still stuff on that demo that I, that I think was just, just um, I don't know, just there was a little magic there that, that I heard. Does it um, get hard at times to, or emotional for you to, like, listen to that, especially that particular song? Um, you know, as far as that's concerned, I think I think I think lyrical songs are a lot more difficult to listen to in that respect. Right. Um, that saved me with the track that I wrote for Rubicon Cross. It was really uh, close to the bone. In fact, it was so, the, the way I wrote the lyrics. It was so personal. Like one of the uh, verses was actually talking about me sitting down with him on one of the last days that he was alive and like when I'd go out and play that track live it was really difficult to even just stand on stage and play it and three of the guys in the band the singer CJ and the, and the bass player Simon also knew my dad really well so the three of us would just have to not look at each other when we were, <laughs> when we were playing that wow. on stage um, but as far as it's this track, when I listen to it, I find it more inspiring listening to the instrumental thing. And rather than it being upsetting, I actually find it really quite joyful and um, just nice to listen to, like a really nice memory. Right, right. Now, how did you come up with, and this is not even, well, I guess for that song, but for all the songs as well, like being the fact that it is instrumental, like how do you, how do you um, come up with the titles for them? Okay, so this is actually much more of an upbeat answer because um, in all of the bands that I play in, usually the track, well, not usually, I'd say, you know, at least at least half and half, when the music is the, the basis of the track before it goes to vocals, you have to call it something when you're saving it on the computer, you know, when you're demoing. Right. So, of course, you don't know any lyrics yeah, you don't know what it's called. So I, I just started getting really used to coming up with stupid names for, for tracks. You know, whether it was, you know, fried chicken or thunderous octopus or <laughs> whatever it is, you just start coming up with bizarre names just so um, when you go back into the session, you know which track was which, you know. So one of the tracks for the recent Taiketo album was simply called Stripper because whenever you listen to the intro of it, it kind of just sounded like this dirty, dingy, strip bar kind of atmosphere. And um, if I was thinking to myself, oh, yeah, I've got to go back and record the solos for that track, what was that called again? Oh, yeah, it was the one that sounded like strip bar. Okay, so I go in there and there it is, strippers written. You know? So but I, I have a lot of fun writing names for these things. And when it came to these solo ones, Undefeated was self-explanatory because it was it was about my dad who who had battled, you know, alcoholism, cancer, you know, some, some, just some other major problems. And, and his attitude through life always was, whatever, brush it out of the way and let's soldier on and, you know, see how long I can make it, you know, see how long I can make it for. Sure. So that was very simple. Um, the other track, Unveil, was because it was the first single. I knew it was going to be the single, and I just thought that it was 
basically the unmasking of me as an instrumental guitar player. So Unveil is why I called that one. There's a track on there called Once Forgotten. This one's, this one's quite funny because I was trying um, a new method of writing, which was writing on my laptop without a guitar whatsoever. And wow. I would, uh, yeah, if you hit cat, if you're in like um, Logic Program, which is like Apple's equivalent of Pro Tools, when you're in that program, if you hit Caps Lock on your Apple Mac, um, your MacBook, sorry, and it comes up with a keyboard. And so you can use the actual keyboard to play notes like a keyboard. And so I would go in there with, and, and pick a, a guitar synth sound, the closest thing it could sound to like a lead guitar, and I would literally just write the melodies. I'd program some drums and write the melodies over it. And that track in particular, once forgotten, I was doing one of my transatlantic flights over from England, where I was living at the time, over to the States. And, you know, I'd have like a couple of bowls of red wine because it's free on the plane and, you know, get right in. And I guess by the time I'd finished the flight, I'd had quite a few of these things. And and uh, I woke up the next day. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't even told you that I'd written a song on, on the laptop. And uh, it just it just disappeared into the you know like I said the graveyard of the computer's brain on this occasion, and when I was coming up with um, what songs I was going to put on the album because I had a bunch of stuff, I just um, I came across this track and it said solo prog, I was like what's that, and I I put it on and it was a fully completed six minute epic storyboard instrumental track and I had had no recollection of writing it so I called it Once Forgotten because I had completely forgotten of its existence the only difficult part about that track was that because I hadn't written it on the guitar I then had to learn it on the guitar and you know some of this stuff that I programmed in this you know you know like 40,000 feet kind of half drunken stupor was 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 like a lot less practical on a guitar than it was to just like play the notes on the keyboard. You know, I was crossing like sure. four octaves in a in a run. You know, like you'd hear in like a like a classical you know crescendo, and I was like, okay, well that's not possible, so I have to change that up. Um, but in the end, it worked out worked out quite well. I like that track. It's uh, it's real to me. It's like real prog. There's no repeating sections in the track. It's just it's literally like a story. Um, and then the track that follows it is called Remember and the reason I called that Remember is because after the after forgetting the other one I thought if I name that Remember then I'll definitely remember that I wrote that <laughs> so Once Forgotten and then Remember were both because I, I was worried that I would uh, you know even forget where they were in the uh, in the files on my computer Oh, and uh, the last track on there, Welcome for a Soldier, was actually a cover of my dad's 70s band. So it's oh, wow. a, an instrumental version of uh, their 1971 opening track off their Guillotine album. So I replaced all of the vocals and the four-part vocal harmonies with lead guitar lines. And I used an Ebo. I don't know if you know what an Ebo is. No, and an Ebo is this little kind of uh, device. It, it creates like a like a like a magnetic uh, field between these two um, 
bars on this little device and you hold them on the strings and it creates this uh it basically makes the the strings vibrate using like a magnetic pulse oh wow and so okay. you don't need to pick so it ends up kind of sounding like a violin um and so i used that and it, it created a really vocal sound it made me realize how steve Vai gets a lot of that real vocal um just that vocal effect out of guitars and it was and it was really it, it came across really well to me, very apt that I was trying to recreate a voice and it just had those real vocal properties to it. So um, that one was a really enjoyable one to, to record as well. Wow. Now, what was um, what was the name of the, the band that your father was in? Is there a way like, okay, we can so hear he, the original compared to that one? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to, actually, I, I'm going to post the original on my uh, website at chrisgreenmusic.com you can hear the difference between the two of them I kept it so true to that open to to that album um, version I think I only added one section at the beginning and the rest of it is pretty bang on so his band was called Deep Feeling and it was like a 1970s early 70s prog band and you know it's it's become like a little bit of a, a cult listen in the prog world you know at that time in England, you had Emerson, Lake and Palmer and Yes and all of this kind of um, prog going on. And I think the reason maybe they didn't have more success is they were really all over the place. Like, you know, like the first track would be this rock prog, you know, opera kind of sound. And then it'd be like a four-part harmony, Simon and Garfunkel kind of... uh, um, sounding track and you know then they, they did a bass an instrumental bass version of um, classical gas um, wow. not an instrumental version it's already, it's already instrumental but it was like a bass driven version so the bass guitar and my dad was the bass player he was playing all the lead melodies rather than it being the you know the classical guitar and it was just really cool really cool stuff and it still remains one of my favourite albums so if, if, awesome. if anyone is interested in listening to it, it's Deep Feeling. It was called the Guillotine EP. And the first track off of that, Welcome for a Soldier, is the track that I did the cover of. And you know, if you go on YouTube, you can find it. Um, uh, and I, I'll definitely be posting it on my um, chrisgreenmusic.com website. You know, you'll be able to hear it there too. Cool. Also, just, so just, just to point out that, this, that, that I did a really limited edition run of physical CDs. Um, okay. So there's, there's maybe about 50 signed CDs available from that site, from the, from the chrisgreenmusic.com. So um, if anyone's interested in buying it, they're, um, they're like eight ninety nine, including postage. Oh, nice. Okay. Very nice. Shameless cool. plug there, sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, get them plugs in there. That's, that's the whole point <laughs> of everything, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're, you're also uh, playing in Taiketo, and you're getting ready, actually, to head over to Europe for a tour next yeah. month? That's right, yeah. Yeah, we head out um, January the 8th. So I fly out to Frankfurt in Germany, and we'll be rehearsing there for a couple of days, and then uh, we head over to Switzerland for the first date. So we'll be covering Switzerland, Germany, Belgium, Holland, and uh, all of the UK. Nice. Um 
And it was, a, you know, it's actually a, a rescheduled tour. We were going to be out there right now. In fact, about now we would have been coming home. It was, it was due to happen in um, November and beginning of December. But there was, uh, there was just some stuff going on with some um, family illnesses within the band. And we just decided to pull it because, you know, we can get depths to cover people, but it's just never the same. And, yeah, um, yeah. Especially as we were going out to promote our new album, Reach, that that was released on Frontiers on the 14th of October. We wanted it to be the same guys that were on sure. that album because there, there was a lot of magic that went into that album. It was, um, it's received some really, really great reviews, actually. I'm, I'm really proud of that album. I'll tell you what, I've been playing the hell out of Kick Like a Mule. Like, I oh, was right. blown away when I heard it. I was like, wow, Taiketo, they're, they're really, like, back. <laughs> I know, right? It was a real, it's a real uh, obnoxious track. And we were going to put that as the first track on the album, but because it was so, um, I mean, it's out there. It's a very different sound to anything that that band's done before. And I think that starting the album off with that, it might have been a little bit of a risk that people would have like maybe listened to the first 20 seconds and thought, okay, they've changed, and pulled the CD out. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, opened it, we, we opened it with the title track, Reach, because it, uh, it was a lot more um, like the classic Tycho sounds. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, the new stuff sounds great. I'm loving it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. It was a bit of a gamble for me because... I was the new guy in the writing process, and if it sucks, then I was the person that was going to get the blame <laughs> as far as the <laughs> The fingers were right, pointed at the you. Oh, <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> uh, it's too funny. So, all right, so let's get all them plugs out there again. So, uh, the website, chrisgreenmusic.com. Everybody yes. can get the EP there. They can get all you your get the EP info. there. You can actually, yeah, you can actually also download the EP with an eight-page digital booklet for, for like. Four ninety-five. You know, it's, it's it's really not a lot. Um, and also, you can you can read my bio, my discography there. Um, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff. There's videos on there, and you know, I did like some teaching videos that were like, oh, nice. like tech, technique videos and stuff. You know, you can get links to those. And um, apart from that, um, there's a Tiketo, the band that I'll be out touring in Europe with, and we'll be in America playing as well next year. So um, you can check out their Facebook page, which is the Taikato official page. Um, that album, Reach, is out on Frontiers Records, um, so you can get that anywhere, really, you know, from iTunes to Amazon to, you know, ordering the CD. Right. And um, another uh, thing that's going on is I'll be meeting up with CJ Snare of Firehouse in a couple of weeks in Florida, and we'll be talking about doing a new Rubicon Cross album oh, cool. as well so uh look out for that in 2017 staying busy gotta stay busy man absolutely well chris it's been uh, a great talking to you great getting to know you and hear all about the music and uh i really appreciate it yeah thank you very much man and, and you know thanks not just to you for giving me the opportunity to talk about my music and stuff but to everyone out there that continues to support it because, you know, I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for them. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris, and take care, my friend. Yeah, thanks again. Take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too.
on your radio. There you go, Chris Green, and that was a title track from his EP Unveil. Check it out. Go to his website, chriscreenmusic.com. Uh, all right, like I said, we'll take a quick commercial break. Coming back on the flip side, Mr. James Ryder of the band Ryder. So don't go away. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com to keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin on the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your ghoul friend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. All right, welcome back. Tony Radio, Bay Ragney here. And like I said, there's only a few minutes. It's not bad. We're back. Commercial breaks are over. And... It's time to continue the show. Here he is from New York, Mr. James Ryder of the band Ryder. Mr. James Ryder. 
Hey, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Tuesday morning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically it's afternoon now, so uh, wake up. Come on. <laughs> it's tough being a rock star, right? Eh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as I, as I start going through stuff and uh, going over to Band Rider, uh, you guys have only been together, like, what, not even six months yet, right? Uh, no. Uh, actually, uh, we've only been around uh, four months yesterday. Okay, so, I mean, how did you make this all happen so quick? I mean... You guys have done a lot in four months' time. Some bands don't do this in four years. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the band members, you know, we've uh, been involved with other bands before. Um, basically, we just came together, and uh, we pulled our connections together. Um, my bass player has been involved in the music scene for 20 years. My guitar player and Drummer have been involved probably closer to like six, seven years. So like we just all pulled our resources together and, you know, decided to take the steps that we needed to take without, you know, falling into any of the potholes we fell in, you know, with our earlier projects. Right. Now, did you and any of the guys ever play together before or you just, did you just know each other throughout the scene or how did it, how'd you come across with the other guys? Um, we knew each other across the scene, pretty much. Um, my guitar player, uh, Andrew, and uh, my drummer, Matt, I've known them, God, since I was like 17 or 18. Um, Dennis, my bass player, I've known him more recently. But, uh, yeah, we pretty much all met, you know, at local shows, and, you know, we just kept in touch. Now, who... Uh... Who made the first move to say, "Hey, let's uh, let's try to put something together"? That would be me. Um, my <sighs> previous my previous project fell apart, and uh, you know, Dennis called me the the day after it happened, and you know, at that point, you know, I was uh, reevaluating, you know, a lot of stuff in my life and sure. everything else. And uh, about a few days later, I end up calling him back, and I'm like, "Well." You know, you've been in the scene a while. I've been in the scene a while. Like, let's try to put something together. And slowly but surely, the pieces all fell in place. Wow. It's, I mean, it's literally, it sounds like a lot of the, uh, you know, the cliche thing that people say for many years, right place, right time. And it seems like all the things have just, uh, the timing was right and things have just been falling into place. Pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome. So now you guys, um, you didn't waste no time. I mean, you've already uh, you got an EP coming out January first. Um, yep. Was that the plan? Like initially, like, hey, let's just let's get some music together and let's uh, put something out as soon as possible. Um, no. Originally, when we first came together, we just wanted to do as many shows as humanly possible. Um, we didn't really think that we were going to do an EP. And then, uh, you know, once we decided, because originally what we were going to do is uh, go out to California and do a one-off at the Whiskey okay. Dogo on New Year's Eve and just fly back. And um, I think it was Dennis said, uh, you know, why don't we stay out there for two weeks? I think NAM Festival is around that time. And, 
you know, let's try to get more than one show. So that was the original plan, just tour, sell T-shirts and do whatever and, like, you know, build up to a recording. And then, uh, you know, we, we sat and were like, all right, well, we, we need something recorded. So uh, Dennis made a call to uh, Anthony Esposito, uh, the former bass player for Lynch Mob, one of the founding members, and he just happened to be in town, and we caught him at the right time because uh, currently he plays for Jakey Lee and the Red Dragon Cartel, and they're actually doing uh, pre-production for their upcoming record. So we caught him right at the right time. And we came in, we banged out some tracks, um, we got Roger Lee in from Master Disc to master it, and it just basically all came together. (laughs) Wow. Uh, again, the, the pieces falling together. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Now, how about I mean, uh, going out to LA, um, you know, to do the, the the New Year's Eve show to Whiskey, which is uh, which, that's with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Faster Pussycat and LA Guns. Correct. Now, I mean, how did that show all come about? Well, my previous band went out to L.A. and played the Whiskey this past April. We had actually opened for Dokken. And, um, you know, I kept in touch with the uh, promoter over at the Whiskey, and after uh, my previous band fell apart, you know, we just uh, kept talking more, and I sent him some some rough tracks. At that point, they were just rough demos. Um, He listened to them, and he's like, well... If you guys want to come back to LA, um, I can offer you guys the 8:45 slot um, at our New Year's Eve show with Faster Pussycat and LA Guns. And the cool thing about that for us is 8:45 Pacific time is 11:45 over here in New York. So literally in the middle of our set over back home, it's going to be New Year's. Right, right. Oh, that's wild. So. Yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of what influenced us. Uh, you know, well, I mean, obviously we're going to take the show because it's the whiskey go go. Sure, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. You know, you know, if you're being offered a show from there, I mean, <laughs> you know, you would you would kind of uh, <laughs> not be right in the head if you didn't take it. But yeah, um, absolutely. You know, uh, but yeah, we decided to make it the record release too because. I mean, you know, what better place to release an EP than the than a world famous club? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I, I th- and I think too. I mean, that's a that's a great idea. Just to you know, while you're out there, might as well make the most of it. And because I saw, I was like, at, at first I had just seen a a flyer on um, I don't know if it was your personal page or the band page for like uh, I guess the first night you're out there doing a drink and draw show at uh, out in An- Anaheim. And then I'm going through, I'm like, oh, well, shit, they're playing the whiskey on New Year's Eve, and they're doing this and this. And I'm like, holy cow. So I guess it was uh, it gets kind of easier to book a bunch of shows while you're out there when you just say, hey, we're playing the whiskey on New Year's Eve. Can we <laughs> can we play here, too? Um, it is and it isn't. You have to know the right people. Um, I'll be honest with you, uh, a lot of the shows that we got out um, – other than the Whiskey A Go-Go, it was the generosity of other friends who booked, who connected us with the right people, and you know they decided, you know, screw it, we'll give you a chance. I mean, I probably sent, like, over 100 cold emails to, like, a lot of venues 
out in California and, you know, I'd be lucky if I got like maybe one or two responses. And then, you know, right. all of a sudden when you get someone in their scene pushing you, then all of a sudden they return your phone calls. Right. Well, that's uh, awesome though. Yeah. Now the, uh, the EP, which, uh, comes out January 1st, record release party at the Whiskey Go-Go, New Year's Eve. Um, it's called Four, right? Mm-hmm. Now, why did you go with that name? Since this is basically the first thing. <laughs> yeah, well, basically we decided to go with the uh, with the name Four because, you know, there's four people in the band. Um, at the point that we're going to be releasing the record, we've been around four months. There's four songs on the EP, so, like, Four is kind of like a consistent, you know, number theme that's, like, going on with it. So we figured, why not? And the Roman numeral four is IV. And, you know, what, what do you, uh, you know, if you're ever in a hospital, you know, what, what's the thing they're pumping you full of blood with in a hospital, an IV, you know? So. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when I was uh, looking, I'm like, I wonder if it's IV or is it four? <laughs> you never know. It's open to interpretation. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, and, and something else I was checking out was um, your YouTube channel, where you got some live videos up there. Um, actually, also on your Facebook uh, as well. And I, I mean, really nice size crowd you're playing in front of. Which, I, I mean, down here in Philly, the, the the club scene's not the best. So when I'm saying mm-hmm. like a room full of people you're playing in front of, I'm like, well. This is pretty awesome. Now, where were those taped at? I'm sorry, what was that? Where were those shows taped at, the the video clips? The video clips? uh, Blackthorn 51 in Queens. Okay. Cool. So uh, we we opened, I believe that was the night we opened for Ross the Boss. um, And some of the other clips on... uh, I think on Facebook, I think uh, one was 89 North. Um, that was the show we opened uh, with Joe and Turner and uh, the Chance Theater with uh, Flotsam and Jetsam. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, you guys have opened for some uh, some pretty big names as well. Oh, yeah. yeah so that's awesome. It's pretty fun. <laughs> that is awesome. Cool. So, all right, so... Uh, the band rider, where can everybody find you guys, like you guys, love you guys, and where will the uh the E P be available for everyone to purchase? Um, well you, first off social media, um Facebook dot com slash rider bands, uh Twitter dot com slash rider rock band. Apparently there's another rider band, so we had to put rock in front of it to uh you know, differentiate ourselves a little bit. Um, Twitter's policy, not mine. Um, <laughs> Instagram, uh, Rider Bands, that's the handle. And you can purchase the EP, our online store, um, riderband.bigcartel.com. Uh, right, we're still working on putting it on iTunes and all of the other stuff, but for right now, we kind of want to make it, you know, direct to our fans or to new people. Sure. Um, cut out the middleman. It's it's only five bucks, you know, and you know the five bucks is going directly to us. It's not, you know, it's a no fees, yeah, yeah. no other stuff. <laughs> yeah, because everybody puts their hand out to get their uh, stuff before you get yours. 
Yeah, so right now, you know, it's pretty it's only available our online store, digital download. Um we are looking into other avenues to have other formats made, but right now digital download and if you pre order you get it a week early. So you'll oh, actually nice. be getting the E P uh Christmas Eve. Oh cool. A little Christmas present from Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are coming to Philly, I saw. February. Yes, we are. February 4th at the Whiskey Tango. Um, I think not a real promoter productions, Rob Kahn. He's the guy who's uh, running it. Oh, cool. That's a, that's a great club. It's a really nice size. It's one of the better uh, better rooms in Philly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The last time I was out in Philly was uh, my old band. We played uh, Legendary Dobbs before it closed. <laughs> well... It's nothing like Dobbs. <laughs> nothing like Dobbs well, at I, all. I, 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 I already know because there's parking. So <laughs> yeah, there, there's parking, and also the whole band can fit on stage with no problem. Oh. So, oh wow, that's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> cool. Well, I'm gonna have to try to get out there to see you guys and meet you, and uh, yeah, we'll be supporting you. And uh, thanks for doing this, and. Uh, Lots of luck, man, and have fun out in L.A. Uh, for the new year. Will do. Thank you for having me on. Cool. Take care, James. You too. Bye.
Harvey, welcome back. Tone Joe Radio, there you go. Rider, do or die. I love that tune. All right, so make sure you check out our artist, Chris Green. Rider, check them out. Support them, buy their music. Keep the music alive, everybody. Buy it, buy it, buy it. I can't say it enough. Um, let's see. You know what? Happy New Year. There you go. This weekend, it's New Year's weekend. Saturday night, so like I said earlier in the show, please be careful out there. Don't drink and drive. Stay off the roads. Use Uber, use Lyft, uh, or have a designated driver, whatever you got to do. Enjoy the new year. Be safe, people. I will most likely be back New Year's night with another pre-taped show. i got some more interviews I'm working on of uh, some more musical artists. And then we will come back next week. Thursday night, we return live, and we're going to have um, our interview, our our big award winner, 2016 Award Winner of the Year, uh, Miss Rachel Lorin, who won uh, Best Overall Guest and Best Musical Guest of the Year. Rachel will be calling in to uh, accept her awards, and uh, we'll be talking about her upcoming. She's heading over to Norway to get, do some shows with uh, TNC, so we're going to talk to her about that. And then also on the show, we're going to have from the Philadelphia area, hard classic hard rock, progressive metal style band. They're called Crown of the Earth. So make sure you tune in Thursday night, 8 p.m., Go to TotallyDrivenRadio.com for more information. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Totally Driven Entertainment, Totally Driven Radio, or Bay Ragney. Just search all three. Find, find me, find the radio show, find the radio network, find Totally Driven Entertainment. Like us, love us, share us, do it all. But until then, remember these very important words. Stay driven. See you, people. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.